Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, kids, strap it in. You know, a lot of you guys who follow me know that I do a ton of conversations via Messenger, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever else. Well, I got to promise you that Chris snuck through the cracks on something she was <laughs> ranting and raving about, and and I keyed it on. We had a fun conversation via Messenger, and then look where we are, sitting on Success Champions Podcast. So I'm Donnie Bovine. I'm bringing you Miss Chris Ward. Miss Chris, welcome to the show, my dear. Please. Tell us your story. Well, thank you for that warm invite. Yes, I did wedge myself in between the cracks, <laughs> and I'm thrilled to be here. So I have a platform called Win the Hour, Win the Day, and uh, we have a book and a podcast and all kinds of stuff. And what I'm all about is that your business should support your life and not consume it. So my quick backstory is, you know, I did what everybody else did. I ran around like a lunatic the first couple of years until I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm not that charming of a human being when I go two, three years without sleep. <laughs> so I quickly thought, okay, there's got to be a better way. And uh, just dove in feverishly, how can I make this work? Because just, you know, being in business, but being exhausted all the time and feeling nauseous was not the answer. So luckily I did because a couple of years after that, my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer and mm. I was pulled away from the business for about two years. And, and, and as a marketer, when I returned after my husband's death, my clients had no idea of my absence, like none. I didn't feel it was good for business. I didn't want to talk about it. We were all very positive in our approach to his illness. So it was not, I didn't need people petting me and being, you know, right. sympathetic and stuff. It just wasn't my lane, right? So I came back and people were shocked and they started asking me very gently under the capacity of productivity and team building, how did I do it? And because you know what, like, listen, let's take all the emotion of the story away. Returning, I lost an income. So returning to a business that was not intact, had that been the case, I mean, I was lucky it was intact and still growing, but that was not the time for me to be crafting a resume, going out, trying to be charming and right. interview and learn a new job. <laughs> right. Right. That was not going to be a plan. So I started working with my existing clients under the capacity of productivity and building what I call your win team. So you can get to what is next, what is next, what is next. And, uh, you know, they started having vacations for the first time, taking evenings and weekends off and making more money and less time and really getting to the dream project and being coming, becoming real entrepreneurs instead of really what I call self-employed employee with a lot of overhead and a chokehold on your throat and going from an employee mindset. And I thought, man, I got to help more people. So that's when I, you know, took all those practices in play and I put them in my book when the hour, when the day, and now we've got the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs, you know, info product, and we do private coaching. And I'm just all about business should be fun. Your life should be more fun and your business should support your life and not consume it. Yeah, dude, I'm going to love this. So, so I am absolutely known for telling people that work-life balance is an absolute myth. Yeah. Um, and, and where I come from is if you run a business, you're never going to not be thinking about the business. No. 
doesn't mean you can't be out vacationing, you know, having fun, hanging around with the family. But the minute you turn off that noise about the business is the minute your business starts going backwards. Um, so this is going to be a fun conversation. So walking away from the business for four months, right? You helping your husband, which I'm assume he's in, in remission at this point. Is that no, no, he passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Part. No, that's okay. That's what I said. When I oh. came back to the business, when he passed away, oh, I missed that. people so had no idea what right. happened. Like nobody knew. Right. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. That's even tough yeah. because that's a mental game now is, yeah. is your world completely torn apart and now you've got to come back and run an entire business, you know, on top of all the other craziness. Well, and there is, there's a lot of craziness. Like I said, aside from losing income, and that would not have been the time to go find a new job. There is a lot of uh, admin and paperwork to somebody passing away. Like you have to do their taxes a year yeah. later. Like I'm not kidding you. It's crazy. So you're right. There was a heavy thing there. So I'd really, you know, was pulled away for almost two years because by the time all of a sudden the chemo started and the procedures and there's just, it was, it's busy work. It's a full-time job. And you know, you're right your mind is always on your business when things are at the best of times. But what I argue is, you know, prior to him being sick, I also had tendencies of being like a drug addict in the corner and, Oh no, I'll be there in a minute. I'm just trying to get one more email out of my phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want, even though it's always on your mind, you don't want to be living that kind of life. And, you know, and, and ironically enough, years before he got sick, he, oh, he was such a big fan of everything I did to the point where I thought, well, I better freaking get this off the ground because he thinks I can do anything. <laughs> so I realized he was paying the price for all the hours I was working. And I thought that's, that's not okay. So luckily I, I don't have that guilt because we turned it around and I, I lived a very badly, you know, reasonable life of reasonable work hours for years before he got sick. But yeah, you know, and you know what? It's not about me and my story and it's sad. It's not. Life has interruptions. Mm. And that, you know, everybody's got a story. That was my story right now kind of deal. But you need a business that can support you, that will not be wiped out the second you walk away or, you know, don't water it the same amount every day. Yeah, you know, when... I launched my business. I had to learn that lesson a hard way, which I think a lot of people does. That's why I love what you do. Um, because for me, I created another job for myself when I first launched yes. my business, you know, yeah. uh, and I didn't even realize I was doing it, yeah. you know, and it got to the point that if it had to be done in my business, I was the only one that could do it Yeah. because I built the business that way um, yeah. before I found teams and everything along those lines. Um, when you really make to pivot to have your company function and run without you, um, mm -hmm. which it took me about two and a half years to fully pull off from my business to do, mm -hmm. um, what, what was a process or way you went about removing yourself from the mundanity of things that need to be done in your business on a regular basis? Well, for me, it all started funny enough. Here's an example how it started. And this is a really important story because so many people think it's this big, heavy thing and it's commitment and overhead and I can't afford it. And, or I'm already paying somebody this amount and I can't afford more. And again, you're thinking from when you were an employee and employee mindset and very dated infrastructure that is no longer the world's a magical place and the resources are just unbelievable so for me it started you know i remember i was in business in a couple of years and back then this is like say 10 12 years ago 
you know, I was still going to physical meetings. You're sitting there as a marketing strategist. It's very custom. You got to write all these things down. They're asking questions. And then I would go back to the office and I would promise hand to God that I would put the notes right into the computer right away <laughs> for when they call next week and they start asking me questions. And of course that didn't happen. I was busy. I got distracted. And so if I was lucky, I got the notes in Friday afternoon or sometimes not to the next Friday. So then the client, potential client would call and I would get the option of being one of two people. One, I could misquote them because I, my notes are meant for 20 minutes, not for two weeks. Right. So then I look like I'm trying to swindle them. But in fact, I'm just ill prepared. I'm trying to read these rush notes. The second person is they got to sense that I was, you know, scrambling and trying to fake it like we all do. And that doesn't come across as someone that's very capable and you should be spending money on. Right. So I thought enough of this. So finally, this was back, you know, I mean, people are still not fully understanding the ability to outsourcing, but this was back when people thought I was hiring somebody that rode a chicken to work, right? <laughs> so I found an outsourcer and I was like, okay, I would leave the meeting, sit in the driveway, talk into my phone and give all the clarity of the meeting and all the quotes. And it took me like 30 seconds. Within 24 hours, this was in my files on my computer. And here's the amazing thing. Sometimes I needed that transcriber a couple hours a week. Some weeks I needed her none. But because she loved trans transcribing, and I don't understand that, but that's all she did. Oh my gosh, that's all she did. Okay. And she was so fast because that was her zone of genius. So the weeks that I did need her for a few hours, it cost me like 12 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got 12 bucks. I got all the Friday afternoon off. I didn't lose potential clients. I wasn't stressed. I shouldn't say off. I mean, I got it back, right? Because right? there was no Friday afternoons off back then. But that's how it started. And so it took me years to learn how to bring people on effortlessly and, you know, you not bottleneck them and how to, you know, you know really just make a, a really effective team. And it's not hard, but it is sequential. It is strategic. And it does really matter how you do it. In fact, uh, we just launched our first product about six weeks ago. We're doing a relaunch again in a couple of weeks, the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs. And in the middle of that, my virtual assistant had been with me almost eight years for a number of reasons moved on. Now imagine how much the job changed after eight years, the world changed in eight years. But we were up to 80% capacity the next week with a new assistant because of everything we had in play. And it was nothing. And that's the thing is I want people to understand, like, it's your everything. But yet you think you can do it all yourself and figure it out and hold on tightly to it. But it's just a suffocating process of torture, really. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The, I think the struggle, though, comes from a lot of times of what should I outsource, you know? Yeah, it's because it, you're running 500 million miles per hour. You've got, you know, so many different projects running in so many different, you know, directions. You know, I know early on for me, my biggest struggle was, okay, I know I need some sort of assistant, somebody that can, you know, do some of these things, but what can I outsource to them? What can I, what, what, what can I give them that they're going to be efficient enough to do and what shouldn't I give them? So can That's you a great through? question. Thanks. Yeah, that's a great question. So what I tell people all the time is really, we live in a copy and paste world. And no matter what you do, there is pre and post work. If you are a brain surgeon, there is pre and post work. So I was working with one of my clients and she was an interior designer. And she's like, Chris, you don't get it. I go in, nobody can do this. I just look at it. I feel it, I see it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine, right? 
So I'm like, okay, let's walk through that. So we took a look at her stuff and through some processes and stuff. Cause another thing, when you hire somebody and, and this is part of what we teach people, when you hire things and you put some systems, we call toolkits in play, it just means that then all of a sudden you all, you and the person you hire, they're not minions. What happens is we want to hire thinkers and 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 again there's so much to talk about one time is when you're hiring from places around the world like the philippines and stuff like that you're getting at 80 90 percent you know less than you would in the western world so you're getting often a higher skill set for like 80 90 percent less right so what happens is we looked at her stuff and we narrowed it down that her average appointment was hour and a half so then with an assistant we started doing all the pre and post work that she kind of didn't even realize she was doing and thought she was she was you often struggle strongly associate the paperwork with your zone of genius when it's not right and right. that there's a lot of copy and paste so we got our appointments down to like 45 minutes when they used to be an hour and a half two hours and got rid of all this stuff that she's like yeah I just thought I had to do it because it was like the forms were about the designing but they weren't the designing and that freed up time for her to start doing her, she finished a book and she started doing podcast appearances and speaking gigs and all this stuff that she loved doing, which she got to lean into. She was very talented, it grew her business. So what I would argue is there's so many things that you associate that you're like back to something dramatic like a brain surgeon, you think, oh, well, I operated, I'm the only one, but yeah, people, there's people assisting you or, or you could be doing an audio and they fill out the forms. So that you're not as tied to as many aspects of your business as you think you are. So is it a matter of thinking about the overall process and then breaking it down into stages or steps and going, all right, here's the beginning process. Do I really need to do that or can somebody else do that? And moving all the way through, is that how it breaks down? Is well, I try not to make it that systematized okay. because Good, what because happens- that would melt me. <laughs> yeah, and people get stuck on that. So when I meet meeting, even with our group coaching clients, what we do is we do a couple of weeks where we do some strategy and I just ask a lot of questions and pull that information out of people. So we don't say here, fill these forms and jump through these hoops because that's just more work. So I'm not a, into all these new systems. We're not trying to take your busy day and stuff it into another system like a Weight Watchers for calendars. Like right. that's not what it's about. So you, you can't, you know, it's kind of like you, they often, there was this example that I saw on a, a visual on Facebook. It was like a pill bottle. You can, you can see out, but you can't see in. So you don't, you see, you don't see the prescription on the outside of the bottle, right? If right. you're inside the bottle. So what I would tell you is I don't break it down to all these heavy systems because that would just overwhelm people. So, you know, we do strategy calls and we pull that information out of you and it's just so we can see it so quickly and you're just too married to it, too overconnected to it. But really what I would tell you is the biggest things that hurt a business, if you think about this, is damaging overhead. So often people are either, they've created a team and they're paying too much. I just had a client start with us and she was like paying 55 bucks an hour for an assistant. And she said, I was not happy. There's a lot of mistakes and the return on the investment was very low. So then she was going, oh my gosh, with the clientele I have, should I be paying more? Well, no, now we've got her. We, we work with them. We do we're done with you and done for you. So we hired somebody for her, showed her how to do it. Now she's paying somebody five fifty an hour that she loves way more than the $55 an hour person. So there's that, but damaging over 
overhead can be you. So you have to look at how much a new client would, you know, earn you. So let's say it's a thousand dollars for a new client to keep the math simple. You're trying to run around and do everything yourself. So then you lose that thousand dollars because all your energy is not going into getting a new client. So you're now, you think your time is free. No, you're damaging overhead. And the second one is delayed income. And then we've got diminished opportunity where how many of us all have said, oh my gosh, I just talked to so-and-so and they said, yeah, I wish I'd known that. We just hired somebody just like you last week. So when you're running around caught up in the busy work, you are really costing yourself with damaging overhead, delayed income and diminished opportunity. Yeah. So, and I, and I love that. And, and, and I agree, you know, for, for my company, everybody we've outsourced to, um, was a fan. So they were a fan of the brand, fan of the podcast, fan of what we do. So they, they came from the family. And I've really liked that model, which albeit it's, I'm guaranteed it's cost me a hell of a lot more money than, you know, outsourcing to, uh, you know, the Philippines. I do have a young mm -hmm. lady that I outsource a lot of video work to um, that is drastically less than, than what I used to pay to get videos done. Um, you know, so for me, there's intrinsically this fear that they won't understand mm. my brand. They won't understand, mm. you know, my business. Um, they won't understand my language because my followers will tell you profanity is like a second language for me. So, you mm. know, so there's always those fears of once you start going overseas of, are they going to get it? Can I explain it to them? Right. Listen, you may be special, but you're not unique. Yeah, all right. True, true. And so, and you said, you know, you were very complimentary to me when we first met. You're like, oh, I love your directness. This is awesome. Yeah, Let's yeah, connect. Yeah. Right. So I'm not sugarcoating it, walking around, speaking in soft voice and saying, may please thank you, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's not how I operate. And nor does that mean that I'm cruel. It just means let's get to it. Right. No nonsense. Let's get to it. We're here to get stuff done. I would tell you it's really awesome that you just shared that with us because that's one of the things that people do, I would say probably the most. And really at the end of the day, what it is, is it's fear-based. And so what you're doing is you're hiring a friend or somebody local or a family member where you feel like you've got this emotional trust in them, like they won't burn you or whatever. They're costing you more because the labor per hour costs you more. And maybe you only need four hours of work from them, but you have to give them eight or 10 because it's not worth their while where you could outsource for two, right? And then you might have overhead where you might have to buy some supplies or they might have to come local and it just really costs you endlessly. And then also, how do you break up with them when it's not working? But that's what happens. It's sort of like, let's keep it in the family, right? And that's really just totally fear-based. Well, so hold on, let me, let me clarify. So it's yeah. just not uh, completely fear-based. Um, these are not personal family members that have been hired. These are all people that, so we have a massive Facebook group with right. you know a ton of members in there so these are people that are experts in what they do and have a proven roi with what their services or they still wouldn't be working with me and they'll tell you you know that i have and anybody who's worked with me knows i have no problem letting somebody go if they don't toe the line if you will 
Fair enough. So you pass a lot of the, you jump through a lot of the hoops others don't, but that example I gave has happened to a lot of people. So they will hire local, they will hire family or friends because they're, it's, and fear-based may sound like a really strong and harsh word, but the whole thing is they're just a little fearful to let go and they just feel like, well, with this existing relationship we already have, I'm in a safer place than a stranger, kind of like stranger danger for your business, right? So there's that. Now, so what you're saying is you're just hiring from a different pool. You're saying, look, I've got a strong presence online. People know me. And then they start pursuing me. And I think, ah, you know, it's, they're knocking on my door. So then the pre-qualifying stage is a little bit different than somebody else who's going out and saying, here's our process for hiring. So your hiring process is, you know, you, you're choosing it this way. So there's pluses and minuses to that. One you mentioned is you're paying a little bit more. Um, there's definitely investment pieces where, you know, like if you're running Facebook ads or something, yeah, that's definitely somebody I'd want local or for whatever reasons, a a stronger, you know, history in that area. But there's a lot of different skill levels that you don't need to be investing as much, which brings me back to like, yeah, then you can give the in-house people or somebody local, you know, a raise or you can afford to do that. So we, we definitely have, we have a team of about five or six. And two are local and the rest are outsources. And by I say outsources, they've been with me for like eight years and they're full time. Right, right. But it does allow me then to reward and pay the, for, I'm giving somebody a, a healthy pay that is local. So it just allows you, it allows the company to grow. And really, because what I tell people is when you're looking at other entrepreneurs that you got a little bit of professional jealousy with like, oh, how does he always get that stuff out? You know, you're bright. Being an entrepreneur entrepreneur means you've got all these racing ideas in your head. The only thing you're missing, I call YME, you're missing execution. That's all that is the difference between somebody that's making more money than you or further along in the entrepreneur's journey is the execution. And knowing how to outsource effectively, to onboard, to create systems, to leverage your time and your team's time quicker and quicker and better and better, that's all about execution. Yeah. I agree. I 100% agree with that. It was interesting. I had another gentleman on the show a year and a half ago, probably, and we were talking about outsourcing. And his biggest thing is, is you should outsource your, your COO and let somebody basically take on all the operations of your company. And when he said that, I said, no way in hell, right? Because somebody who's going to take on that much responsibility in my company, they better report to me directly so we can manage it. So, so, I'm going to ask you, at what level should you outsource? You know, I mean, so, so does that make sense? Yeah, I think it doesn't matter what level. I'm with you. That would not be something I would want to outsource. But I think before we realize what level where we stop, let's talk about where we start. Cool. And so I would say to you that there's lots of things that you do, again, that are copy and paste. So, for example, when we were launching the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs, I'm on social media. And every time I can wedge my message in the cracks, if somebody says something like, Oh, what do you wish you learned when you first started your business? And I reply, Oh, I wish I knew more about creating my team and blah, blah, blah. And give my answer. So quickly I even see, Oh, there's three or four answers, maybe five to the same, to different questions all over Facebook for the next two weeks. Right? So, I even take my own answers. I I take them, I copy and paste them. I put them into a Google docs so that even when I'm answering them, I can borrow from something that's a similar question and just change one line. So that's copying and paste. Then I also give it to my social media person 
which for, I'm going to put a pin in that, come back to that for a second. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, if this direct question, if I have the answer to that and she's in there doing stuff, she can just post it. So there's all these little things that you don't even realize that you can do. Now, come back to that pin with the social media person. One of the biggest mistakes people make, and this is why we work with them, is they'll get one person like a virtual assistant and think, oh my gosh, she's really good at this. So then they try to dilute the recipe and make her social media person and have her doing banners and have her doing this, you know, where my social media person is just doing backdoor stuff, nothing to do with graphics. She's got a very precise role. So when you do start to try one and you get it and you think, oh, this is amazing, you usually ruin the recipe really quickly because now it's your one trick pony for everything. But what I would say to you is, think about even something like that where i'm copying and pasting my own answers and then oh i've got another question that comes up now i'll save that put it in google docs and i have it for myself so you start thinking differently and, and we call it a toolkit but you start getting more and more efficient and everything takes you less and less time so that i can move from my book to my podcast to my info product and always be doing more and more and executing in a higher level and enjoying life at the same yeah. time I love it. I love it. One of the mistakes I had early on, and I love talking about my mistakes because I love teaching, you know, through the things I screwed up was what I talk about calling dump and run. So mm -hmm. when I first started outsourcing, <laughs> you know, somebody would come yeah. along and they're like, Oh, I can do, you know, Instagram for you. I can do, yeah. you know, something for you. And I'm like, cool, there you go. It's yours. And then yeah. walk away. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and yes. you literally dump all your problems on them. How do you prevent yourself from dumping all that work on top of them? That's a great question. And I love that you brought it up because the outsourcers will say to me, you know, oh my gosh, it's, it's like having a child and trying to have the child parent the parent. Like, so too many times people will hire an outsourcer and then you're probably dump this stuff on them and say, well, I don't know how to do it. And I, I, and it's okay. You can hire somebody that you don't know how to do their job. So you can hire a video editor and say, I want this feel of video. Here's a sample. Can you do that? You, there's all kinds of jobs you can hire that you don't have to do. But if you've got a chaos and a problem, adding more people to that is not going to soothe the situation. Right. And then they don't know anything. So what happens, what somebody tells me is, I hear a lot, Chris, you do this differently than anybody else out there. Cause we're not just about teaching you how to hire and all this other stuff. But as we do that, we are creating systems to make your business more and more efficient. So you, I know you can't even imagine selling your company in five or 10 years, but we had somebody on my podcast where he talked about his father was a very sought after carpenter for years and years and like a thousand dollars for a table. And then of course, at the end, when he closed up his barn, he sold this hammers and stuff and that was it. Like he had no retirement, no nothing. So you, it does come a day where you want to have something to sell. And the only thing you can sell is systems. So you can say here, this is how it's done. And, and just like my VA that left in the middle of a launch, we just handed that over to somebody else because as she was working all those years, we had little steps documented and we just handed somebody else so that you don't have what I call Ethel syndrome where you're like, Oh my gosh, we don't know the coffee filters are in the coffee shop because Ethel's off sick today. Right. So it's really, you're right. And I, I had somebody else, uh, 
on the spanning on that one, she says, sent me this big message and, oh my God, you got to meet with me, Chris. I, I did what you did. I went out and I hired somebody who was doing really good for four months and now I'm sitting here crying because she left and I don't know what to do. It's like, well, because you were dependent on her. So the, you know, the tail was wagging the dog. So the dump and run is one problem. And then the thinking that they're going to run and create your business is another. And that's where you get lost in the mayhem and the mess. Yeah. And that's not really outsourcing. That's just sort of playing and praying. Been wanting to change things up a little bit on how we talk about our sponsors and the people who help make this show great. So this is gonna be a little bit different style of commercial. Family Fund has been supporting families of first responders for a number of years. And it all started as a idea of Stacy and Michael McGovern, who are the founders of Blue Family Fund. And it's a really unique story, but instead of me telling you, hear it in Stacy's words of why they started Blue Family Fund. Because I wanted to give back, I wanted to do more. You know, we had been so successful in our for-profit business that um, we looked at each other and we said, you know, how can we, how can we pay this forward? My husband and I, how, you know, how can we pay it back, pay it forward? My grandfather, when I was growing up, always used to tell me, you know, in life, you get what you give. And um, I'm a big believer in that. You know, what you put out there, you can sometimes get back threefold. So we really just wanted to do more. We were already helping police officers, you know, with off-duty work. So how could we help the families? You know, as a family of a police officer, I understand that it's just as hard on the family as it is the actual officer. How could we do more for them um, by providing maybe scholarships for their dependents or financial aid for the dependents that want to uh, pursue higher education? Stacy is one of the most humble people I know. Uh, their company, Point Blank Safety Services, has employed 200 off-duty police officers for, for several years and success on protecting the freeways, the highways, and everything else has done just amazing things, not only for the state of Texas, but for the lives of the family officers that need additional income as they protect our lives. So for the fact that her and Michael would set up this fund to help the families in times of need, it's really a, a, a beautiful thing. Blue Family Fund is focused on first responders and their families. And recently, Stacy and Michael were able to give a small check to a the family of a fallen police officer. He was a, a husband and a dad, and very touching uh, moment as I watch the video and presentation of the check and you know I, I wanted to hear from Stacy what it meant to her to be able to do that for that family it's amazing um, the feel I can't I can't even describe the feeling and then you know when you know I don't feel like it's that much money but then when you hand it to them and they they um, break down crying because it's just enough to maybe get them over the next hurdle or obstacle that they've got going on um, it's it's really a great feeling just to be able to to do that and the, the family you're talking about both daughters are actually also firefighters so they're both first responders as well um, so just a total first responder family and um, just to be able to give back to them and, and let them know that there are people that that are going to remember their dad and their husband and there are people that care 
it's, it's a really great feeling. One of the things that I think is magical behind Good Family Fund is because of the success of Point Blank Safety Services, Stacy and Michael have set up Blue Family Fund to where 100% of the donations go back to the families of first responders. How we're different than maybe some other charities, how we pay all the bills for the, the nonprofit ourselves. So every single dollar donated can actually go directly to a family. So literally 100% of all donations are um, handed forward, you know, to, to either a scholarship or to a, a financial aid for a family that has lost a first responder. Blue Family Fund has been my charity of choice for a number of years now and it's truly an amazing organization. So if you're a fan of the show and you like the content we put out there, do me a favor, head over to bluefamilyfund.org and send a little financial love their way. I love this and, and thank you for, for being so clear in your responses. I mean, I really mean that. Uh, one thing that's worked for me that I've had a lot of fun with is taking a big project, breaking it down to its smallest, most microscopic things. So like this young lady that's helped me with videos. Um, I literally took and said, Hey, I'm looking at, I have a ton of content out there. Can you make me a 60 second video? I want it similar to this, what you said, and you know, sent her a couple of videos. And we went for a couple of weeks and she was making me a video a day that we, my team could put out on social media. It was really fun. Then I came back and upped the game. I said, cool, what else can you do? What else is fun for you that would really drive you and do more? She goes, oh, I've been looking at your Instagram and I wanna do more story stuff. Can I start making stories for you? I'm like, sure, let's give that a go. And for me, what I've found is letting them step up the game yes. and tell you what they can do more of or take more on. They're, they're staying in the, your words, and I love them, you know, their zone of genius yeah. to be able to continue to progress forward. Is that how you tell everybody to do it? I mean, pretty much? Yeah, that's a big part of it. So there's two things that you had there. First of all, while she's doing that and having success, I would have her building out a toolkit. Very simple. Here's what we do for every video. Here's what I look for. So it doesn't matter how creative you are. There's still things that you look in that are similar in the process. Even with your creative looking for close up pictures of his face or where he's smiling or outtakes, whatever. So there's still a process. So you'd have her create that because when you're doing this well, what will happen is, yeah, now you want her on Instagram. Maybe now that we have a formula, you hire, there'll come a time when she's got to much work so then you can have somebody else doing the other videos and she could supervise them right so you want to be creating that process as you do it so that's a big part of it of that you're creating that system so the other thing too is you know you do want to have people surrounded that where you know you're a direct guy so that you can ask them okay what else do you love to do great but that's when you're building on success and you're not dumping and running yeah, right yeah, so that's a system that's working and then it grows yeah, because I, I like watching people blossom, you know, mm -hmm. because you know, first time you interview somebody, they're, they're all, most times at their best because they want to impress you, show you what's awesome. So I don't want to set people up for failure and, and try and put the world on their shoulders. I want them to step up and, and be into what they do because going back to early on, I just hired anybody that was 
a virtual assistant, not looking yeah. for particular skill sets. Now I don't hire unless they completely geek out on whatever it is yeah. I need, you know, hired for, you yeah. know, and, and, and when you can find somebody that'll totally geek out on something like the guy who does all my email automation and everything else, that dude, he's introverted as all get out. But I mean, he loves doing this work yeah. and, yeah. and, you know, we can have a five minute conversation and he'll have a whole sequence done. You know, so, so it's, it's, it's having the ability to let people really step into the, to their world and continue to grow. This is really, Absolutely. really, really uh, thank you. This is really fascinating for, for, for you one to find this success in doing it, but two to build a business out of teaching others how to do that. Is, is that what you sought out to do? I mean, or I mean, we know because your husband and everything, but. No. So I'm still a marketing strategist. Okay. I'm just smart enough to know you can't put two messages out online at the same time. So sometimes people will Thank work you. with us for a while building this and then they'll say, Oh my gosh, as I'm talking to them about building their team and they'll go to do something like, okay, the marketing side of my brain is stepping in. You really can't do it that way. Cause, Oh, okay. So then they'll probably come over to the marketing side of it and work with us there. But I really, I was tired of seeing people grinding it out and confusing sweat with success. And I know all those first years that I, you know, I beat my chest and everyone told me I was such a hard worker and there's all that never quit, rah, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, when I started calming down, cause I'm what I call a recovering Russiaholic. When I started cal calming down and realized how much I was working against myself, it was nuts. Like I was exhausted all the time. I would do things like, oh, work hard all day and then try to learn something new at night because I had started the day exhausted. Now I'm gonna try to learn something at seven o'clock at night. Like it was just insanity. And I just thought it was part of the, I don't know, paying your dues as an entrepreneur. So I just hate to see people suffer. I hate to see people suffer unnecessarily, right? Just because they're ill-informed. And then what happens is for me and for most people, you're in it like three years before you go, okay, well, I'm willing to work this hard, but things should be calming down, but I should also be appreciative. I'm still in business. And then you're five or six, you're like, okay, enough is enough, right? So it just kind of evolved that I, I just really want to create a movement where people understand that it doesn't have to be hard. There is an easier way and that your business should support your life, not consume it, that you're, this entrepreneur is not a, an addiction and a, a monster you must constantly feed. Because for a long time in the beginning years, if it wasn't work, it was an interruption to work. That's how I saw mm. the world, right? right. So... So it's just a byproduct of something I went through and, and I'm very passionate about helping people. And no. uh, yeah, we, we do it, but we're, I'm still a marketing strategist. So we fit that in as well. So yeah, it's just something I, I want to, it should be easier. That's all. No, I, and I, I get that. And it's very, very, very cool. I, I, I and thank you for being, you know, understanding, not putting a dual brand in the marketplace. Cause I think so yes. many people screw that up. Uh, tremendously yeah. so tremendously so so you have all this stuff you have a podcast you have you know all these things you're creating you know along with it it's beautiful by the way and i just i truly enjoy how tricky articulate i can't even say the word you are about <laughs> all this where do you think this journey's taken you i mean what's on the horizon for you um or or what's next 
I guess I just want to have a bigger and bigger presence. I would re really like to create a movement. I really like for this to be commonplace. You know, I really want to tone down the messaging of, you know, grind it out. And this, you know, it's the whole, I just want that to go away. And it's so misleading. Good. And I hate the word to... hustle. It's, it's, it's a yes. worst word in the world. To me, every you're time I hear a hustle. Wrong. Yeah. Well, I, and I hear hustle and I feel like you're trying to swindle somebody out of something. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the thing. The, all the best inventions in the history of mankind were done in times of calm and play, you know? And so in order for your brain to operate really well, you can't always be going, what time is it? What time is it? And jumping through the next hoop, which is how I lived for the first couple of years of my business. And when I started realizing how much more creative I was and how the brain needs sleep, <laughs> like not just so that you're not a horrible human being, but so that you can come up with better ideas instead of just constantly reacting, right? So, you know, instead of having like, let's picture like a big apple display in a grocery store and one apple just falls off, rolls down, no big deal. You pick it up, you put it back on. You know, that's what it's like when you have a team that you can lean into and your business supports your life and doesn't consume it. But for most entrepreneurs, it's like, oh my gosh, 6,000 apples rolling down the aisle, five are getting bruised and all this craziness. So I just want people to understand like that's, that's, that's wrong. It's not how it doesn't ha you don't have to pay those prices to have a dream. That's not what the dream should cost. The dream should fuel you and inspire you, not beat you up and lose relationships and sacrifice a life. So I just want that message to get louder. Yeah, I love that. And people also need to understand that as an individual, you are not scalable. You no, yourself no. are not scalable. So you have to build a team around it. Um, uh, and so talk to me a little bit about accountability because this, this is a fun thing for me because I'm pretty damn strict. You know, if you're going to work for me, we're going to set standards and you're going to meet deadlines or, or you're no longer on the team. Um, yeah. Um, just the way I function and operate. But a lot of people don't function and operate that way. Well, so you would love working with me then because first of all, you know, what this really means for you is, again, your whole life and your business can change if you create what I call a win team. But how I look at a team is people often confuse that here is me over here and then you put on this manager hat that you don't have time for. So now you're diving in between two worlds. And what I tell people is my team is here to support me and move me forward, not the other way around. I'm not supervising them. Their job is to supervise me. So let's say something like I had to get a news blast out this Thursday. Okay, or I have never heard that. I gotta, I, I'm sorry. Oh. That was brilliant. Thank you. I've never heard that put that way. And that was, that was actually your team's job is to supervise you. I love that. Well yeah. done. Well done. Continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. I need to cut you off. That was brilliant. No, no, that's okay. I'll stop. Anytime you think I say something brilliant, <laughs> interrupt off. That was the only one this entire show. <laughs> yeah, so yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, I got one in though. I got right, one right, in. Right, right. So it's success. <laughs> so what, let's say for example, I had to get some, I don't know, news blast out or something, right? Email blast out this week and I have to proof it or something, right? And so they can't come back to me on Monday and I say, hey, did that go out? Well, no, you didn't proof it or we needed that picture. You didn't get it back to us. You know, they have to keep coming at me until I put my hands up and say, listen, I'm in the hospital. The cell reception's <laughs> bad. It's not happening. Let it go. I've given you permission. So their job is to supervise me. They have certain responsibilities in their lane. My job is not to chase them around. Their job is to propel me forward, take more and more off my plate. And because of that, there'll be times that 
we're taking something on and they'll say, no, Chris, like, you know, we're doing this. You can't do that. Somebody here, we'll figure it out. He'll learn how to do that. So they think like that. Right. And even to the point where we've been neglecting YouTube, I'm ashamed to say for quite some time, we just, with all the stuff going on, we didn't get to it. So we had a really great guest on our show, Tim Schmuir, and he was like, okay, he's got this program. So then great. So my social media person took the YouTube course. I don't know how many hours it was, maybe 30. And once a week she gave me like three things. Okay. You need to make a decision on what's going to be our copy on the cover. You need to make a decision. So she spoon fed me like three little things from four or five hours of work. She did a week on it. And I give that to her and it moves her forward and that's it. So they spoon fed to me what I need. So too many people think, Oh no, I don't have time to wear a manager's hat. Well, again, the infrastructure has not been set up correctly because that's not what I'm talking about. I love that. Um, and I hope people listening could, could wrap their head around that. If you have an entire team that is holding you accountable, you know, to get the things done is, is up in your game because I truly believe as a CEO of a company, my number one job is to be the face of the company. Yeah. Right. My number one job is to get on a podcast stages you know, to get my brand out there as big as possible. And if I'm not the face of the company, that means I'm doing things inside the company that somebody yes. else should be doing. Yes. Right? So I love this entire thought process. And once again, I'm going to give you kudos because I've never heard it put that way. Um, uh, and that's crazy. I've had a lot of damn conversations. So good on you. Um, but really, to, they should be managing me. And, and I keep running through my head. It's like, you know, a Hollywood actor that's trying to get to the different film sets and everything else. And you got the one guy or girl with a clipboard going, okay, two o'clock. We got to yeah. go, 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 go. Let's go to the next yeah. one. You know, um, uh, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Because you know what, you, you reminded me of two things. When we were about to start our podcast, it was, you know, put upon me a whole bunch of people for different reasons finally convinced me, okay, do a podcast. All right. So then I brought it up to my team and I said, okay, here's what I think we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. So this was like last fall. So I said, our goal is going to be for the spring. And they said, well, why the spring? And I gave my presentation. <laughs> and then one of them said, well, you have the speaking gig in four weeks. I think that would be a great day to launch it. And I'm like, that's in four weeks. And they're like, well, we have the systems in play. Here's what we can do. And they convinced me. And I was like going, okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Because they used, you know, like, a, you know, like when you're parenting your child to something back, like, yes, I've been saying that to you for years, but that was supposed to just go one way. Yes. So they convinced me. I'm like, okay, right. We have strategies in play. And I was like, all right, okay, let's do it. And, and even just recently, one of my weak points that I've had to get my head around with social media is the personal, not personal, but more personal bull stuff. And, you know, they showed me the numbers again last week and my team came to me and said, look, Chris, when these pictures aren't polished, when you're just being you and you're being silly and look, this picture is more raw and this, you do so much better. It, you've got to get more of this that you've got to be doing behind the scenes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't have much of a life. Like, this is it. There's me on my bike. What do you want? Right. <laughs> so they're pushing me out more. And that was out of my comfort zone, but they Prove to me with the numbers, like, see this, you've got to be doing more of this where I would have been sitting comfortably going, well, look, my, you know, my, my conversions, this and that. And they're like, yeah, but we could be doing better. And here's what you need to do. Right. So, so I, I can hear all my listeners right now going, but how do you hire that person? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, cause, cause that was the first thing that ran through my head. Cause I, I launched my magazine the same way. I didn't want to launch my magazine. I didn't think it was going to work. And my team convinced me that we had to launch an online magazine. And it worked. I mean, we hit almost 10,000 subscribers in the damn thing. It just out of nowhere, you know? So 
but I didn't hire for a magazine team, right? They became a magazine team. So, but by no, the listeners right now are going through their head. Okay. I get it. I need people to manage me. I need people that are going to be thinking ahead of me and coming up with crazy concepts and, and making this stuff work. But how do I hire that person? Those are great questions. And that's what I talk to people about is that's your hiring process and your onboarding process. And when people say, oh, I tried it, Chris, and it didn't work. It's like, that's, you didn't just go out there. Oh, the economy, this, you know, or kids these days or all your excuses. It's because you didn't have a hiring and onboarding process, right? So it's very much what we teach in the outsourcing playbook in busy entrepreneurs. You'll actually, you can get on the waiting list and you can see me doing live interviews and why I pick somebody and why I don't. And so there's a lot to it, but it's, there's some basics there. Again, it's not rocket science, but it's, you know, if I could cram it in in an hour and give somebody a pill, I would, but let me <laughs> tell you a few highlights. I always hire personality over skill set because you can teach them a skill set. You Agreed. can't change your personality. And I do what I call caps. It's communication, action, personality, and success. So I look at how they communicate. I put them through the ringer a little bit and I say, okay, I've looked at your thing online, depending what platform I'm on. Uh, I'd love for you to come to this interview, respond to me at this email if you're interested in the interview. So I make them do a little thing to see how quickly they respond. What do they say when they respond? So they're showing me their communication, right? Are they over formal? How's their English? All that other stuff. The how do they take action? And then, you know, in the interview, I want to see a little bit more about their personality. Are they engaging? Are they confident? And then I always ask them about a success because what somebody tells you as a success you know, really defines who they were, you know, who they are. Cause I, I remember recently somebody I didn't know very well. I was just sitting at somebody's family event and we were chatting about, I don't know, nothing. And I said, he was talking about, he had a really good week. And I said, great. And I'm just like chit chatting. And he said, yeah, I feel really good. And I said, well, what are you feeling good about? And he said, well, I've gone two days without drinking. Okay. That is a success, <laughs> but that tells me a lot. Yes. <laughs> very much so. I'm like, Great, <laughs> this is, you know, or a more appropriate example would be my, one of my clients who was working with us. And many people tell me that they get like 25 hours a week back the first month. Like they get that much time back within a month of working with us, they get 25 hours back a week. And this woman I was working with, she only worked with uh, the military and sort of a, an accounting type strategy thing, a very male dominated, you know, you had to have gumption and to be in that field type thing. And she said, I'm really doing well, Chris, this is going amazing. I feel so good. And I, and I said, well, what do you see as a success? She goes, Chris, she goes, I haven't cried in two days at a fresh, like I was crying all the time out of frustration. She said, I was so angry all the time and so exhausted and I could never get to where I wanted to be. And she wasn't a, you know, a feeble person. She was just crying out of anger. So she said, yeah, I haven't been angry or exploded or cried in two days. And I'm like, well, that is progress, but that's I didn't know it was that bad. Right. So when talk when you talk about caps, communication, action, personality, and success, you know, just some little questions give you a lot of information. But again, we show you that real time in the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs. But it's not hard when we work with our coaching clients. Once we do this with you, then you've got independence and you can do this all yourself moving forward. Uh, but it is really worth the investment because on average, so far we've tracked most people we save about $50,000 a year moving forward because it's either the damaging overhead or the delayed income. There's all that stuff. You're leaving a lot of money on the table. You're not getting projects out. So it's conservatively 50,000 a year that we save our clients. Brilliant.
Brilliant. Well, let's do that. Where do they find this playbook? How do they get in touch with you? You know, how do they get into your brilliance? Well, thank you for your kind words. I'm so glad this is all being recorded. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I try and say the good thing. So you'll use it on loop on your website. And then my okay. face is always there. <laughs> it's going to be my screensaver. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They can go to freegiftfromchris.com. Uh, and there's uh, some coaching there. So stuff that we're actually still charging for, but your special audience, they can go to freegiftfromchris.com. Or they can get on the outsourcing playbook coming soon list, you know, coming soon from chriskrs.com. And yeah, check me out on any of the socials. Tell me you heard me on this great show and uh, we'll be fast friends. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Chris, this has been a blast. I have, I've, I've enjoyed the laughter. I've enjoyed the insight. You're just fun to hang out with. I, I, I see some cool things happening together later in the future. So um, here's how I like to wrap up every show. And I okay. do stump some people. So get ready for this. Okay. So if you were going to leave the champions who listen to this show, 187 countries around the world that tune in, if you were going to leave them with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it, what's that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Start from here. Mm. Start from here. Why? Because you're here. You know, do not spend time beating yourself up or the time or the money you waste or what you could have known or didn't know. You are here and you got here. Whatever journey you are, you did collect things along the way. Start from where you are. Start here. Every day is a new and fresh day, but start from here. Beautiful. I love it. Chris, it's been an honor. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for coming on and doing this. Thank you very much for having me. those those conversations that just completely get you to dive in deeper and think about how to reframe something you were thinking about man she is is awesome and i enjoyed every minute of that guys come hang out for more conversations in our facebook group head on over to facebook up in the search bar type in success champions Click on groups and you'll find us. We'll be right there. Over a thousand small business owners from around the world who are collectively rising, networking, and growing their business. You will not be disappointed. The highest engagement of any group that I've been around in is absolutely amazing and awesome. So come hang out with a bunch of badass business owners in the Success Champions Facebook group and share this out with somebody who needs to hear these words uh, and and people that need to be inspired, touched, and, and learn something new about how to grow their business. Talk soon, guys. Love you. Later. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. 
So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success because that's what it means to be a success champion.